Hey, a few words about code quality. We know that it's important. The code must be of high quality. In order to achieve that, we have many instruments and tools. We write unit tests, we have static analyzers, we have uh, style checkers, we have dynamic analyzers, we have uh, coverage control tools, all the different instruments which will take a look at the code, run it or without running it, and it will tell you that this line is wrong, that line is wrong, this file is broken, that file is broken, fix it. But I believe that now the business misses the very important point that the bad code is made by bad programmers. I'm putting the quotes here because we cannot really call programmers bad or good. There's no clear separation like with the code. With the code, uh, the unit test will just say your code is broken and that's it. We cannot say the same about the programmer. We cannot say this guy is broken and that guy is, is, is clean. But we have to understand that the code which is broken, usually broken, which is broken more often than the code which is not broken, probably and most likely, in my experience, most likely, is written by programmers who are broken, who make mistakes more often than programmers who don't make those mistakes. And the business right now, in general, that's what I see talking to people and working with the, uh, knowing people who work with different companies. The business is focused on checking the code and checking the, the end result. Let's make the static analyzer better. Let's make the, the dynamic analyzer better. Let's fix the code. Let's find the broken code and fix there. Instead of thinking about how can we create tools which will find the people and suggest the methods to fix people. Okay, there's a team of 20 people. We see how they work. We analyze the code they write. Oh, we know that guy doesn't understand how to use uh, static methods. Or we know that guy doesn't understand how to use uh, Java libraries, Java dependencies properly. Or we know that guys, these three people, they don't know how to write unit tests. They, they don't understand the concept of unit testing. That kind of tools would be probably, should be or would be the next step in the area of code quality control. So we know how to control quality on the technical level. Let's go to the management level and control the quality at the level of people. So the tools will suggest what's wrong with which person and how to fix that. Just like I gave you the examples. But these examples I gave you just uh, intuitively. I just I can probably go around the office being a manager and say, yeah, I know that these three people, they don't know unit testing. Because I was hiring them. I hired them a few months ago and I interviewed them and I see the code they write. So I have a feeling, I have the intuition that these people need to go to the training or these people need to stop writing unit tests because they have no idea how to do it. But what if we would have the tool which will tell us this, which will in, 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 um, inform the management about this situation, and then, and then maybe the tool can suggest the mechanisms, suggest the, the, act, the plan of actions, what to do with these people, how to fix them. Again, maybe this sounds a little intrusive, a little bit offensive maybe to people, fixing people. But think about this uh, uh, conceptually. It shouldn't offend us. We all are broken in some areas. We all misunderstand something. We all keep making mistakes, which can easily be identified. These mistakes, these typical uh, patterns of our behavior, that we are doing something the same over and over again in the wrong way. And if such a tool would be able to detect that, that I think would help the business a lot. But companies don't, it seems to me, don't understand that. Companies don't feel like this is the area where we can do something. They just think that programmer is an untouchable resource. 
programmers in general. So it's a set of group of programmers, 10 people. We cannot touch them. We cannot criticize them. We cannot, we cannot do anything with them. We shouldn't analyze how they work. We can only analyze the end result. We can only look at the code they, they produce and then point out like in this line of code, there is a bug, let's fix it. But how about we take a look at who made those bugs and analyze the behavior of people somehow. I'm not saying connecting uh, sensors to their bodies and uh, listening to their brains even though maybe in the future it's also possible. But we see how they code. We see how they, they, they push the commits to the repositories. We see these uh, behavioral uh, scenarios and patterns. So maybe we can, we can be a little bit less uh, tolerant, a little bit less sensitive to, to, to people and say, you know, guys, starting next month, there will be a robot, there will be a tool which will analyze what's going on in your team and the tool will suggest who will get the next um, ticket to the, to the training course. You know, I'm just trying to see the future and I believe that this should be. I'm addressing my speech to business owners, to people who, who decide how to, in general, in companies, how to, in general, to improve the quality of code. So maybe you guys can think about looking at these kind of tools. Enough with the static analyzers, enough with the uh, unit testing. Because we have so powerful instruments there and have zero instruments there. We care so much about not touching people and we step so much on the code that these people create. But maybe the problem is much bigger inside uh, the human resource. Think about it. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Hey, I got a question uh, from one of my subscribers who found a contradiction in two thoughts which I deliver in my presentations. On one side, I'm saying that uh, a programmer has to work just a few hours a day. And I did say, say that. On another hand, on another side, I'm saying that a good programmer is the one who is passionate about the profession, who works a lot, who, who basically doesn't close the laptop ever. So, where do I stand? So what's right? What's wrong? Do programmers have to work a lot or they have to just spend a few hours a day? And then the question from this subscriber was, what else to do? If you just work for two, three hours a day, then what do you do in the rest of the time? What the programmer, a good programmer, who I believe is a good programmer, has to spend time for? There is no contradiction because I believe that uh, work is one thing and uh, having fun doing programming and working with, with the code, working with technical problems is another thing. That's what I do and that's what I think is, makes sense to me. When you uh, do something which gives fun to you, when you learn something, when you practice some new languages, when you try some new frameworks, when you create new frameworks, when you read interesting books, when you write interesting books, when you write your blog posts, when you answer questions on Stack Overflow, when you create some open source pad projects, this is how you have fun. This is your life. So this is what you do ideally 24 hours a day. Of course, you need time to sleep, you need time to eat, you need time to spend time with your family. But ideally, in a perfect world, 24 hours a day, I would do that. I would just spend time to get fun from life by working with computers. This is not what I call work. This is what I call investment into the future. This is how I invest to make myself better, to make myself as a professional better. That's my investment. And then I have to live somehow because nobody's going to pay me for that. 
because this is how I make fun. Some people play games on the computer. They play tanks, they play World of Warcraft. And, and, and I don't do that. I play with, uh, with the code. But nobody's going to pay for that. It's just fun. On the other hand, I have to make money. So I have to go somewhere and do some projects for somebody. So I have to write code for somebody, for some company, for some employer, or maybe some uh, uh, the, the, the customer or somebody who, who will pay. And there will be no fun or less fun. Of course, ideally, in an ideal world, I will also have fun there, but much less. In the real world, it's much less fun. And for most of you, there will be no fun at all or really small amount of fun because they will tell you to do what they need and in most cases you're not going to like that business-wise you're not going to like the concept of what they do they're not going to like you're not going to like the, the the business cases and all that but you have to do that in order to get the money in order to continue having fun in order to continue doing something interesting in order to continue investing into yourself so the more you can invest into yourself the better professional you, you will become and the less amount of time you will have to spend on making money so if you're a very good professional a really top one top world-class guy who knows something very special and who can solve really complex problems can can get i don't know 300 an hour then you just can work for one two hours a day and that will be enough for you to have enough money to to have an ability to have fun so the more the more expensive you are on the market the more professional you are the more these people will pay for your two three four hours a day and then you can go back to fun and instead of playing tanks and, and playing world of uh, warcraft but you will invest time into yourself becoming better because every time you have fun every time you do something interesting that's how you become better you cannot become better by just doing uh, routine work where people pay for you no matter what what you think about I mean, no matter what what people who hire you think about this you become better by doing things for fun i i i believe in that by because that's how you learn because that's how you practice new stuff that's how you uh you face the challenges much more actively than than when you uh, work with uh, stuff for money so there has to be the balance between the time you spend on on the projects where you collect the money and the time you spend on projects where you invest the money or your time and in an ideal world like two three hours a day here and all of your time here and if you do a lot of work here if you work eight hours for your boss eight hours for your uh, for your um, customer then you have almost zero time because you, you need to spend time with your family you need to sleep you need to eat so there will be not enough time to really invest into yourself and you will degrade quickly you will become just a routine programmer who at best can make an average amount of money an average amount on the market so try to minimize the amount of time you spend for your boss, you spend for, 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 for the projects where you collect the money and spend more time on the projects where you invest, your, invest time and money into yourself. But on the other hand, you cannot make this time taking all of your time because in this case you stop making money and eventually you will, uh, you will again get out of the market. So you, will, you may go out of the market because you will stop understanding uh, what the customers may need from you so you may stop inventing you may start inventing things which nobody needs you may go into learning something which is completely detached from the reality so there has to be the balance between investing into yourself and collecting the paychecks 50 50 i don't know maybe this this balance but i'm always into trying to make this part larger trying to make investing part because it's more fun larger than collecting the money so think about this, this is the balance, a few hours here, more hours there, 
And that's how you grow, that's how you become better, that's how your profile grows, that's how you eventually get yourself into the situation where one hour of your time costs $300. In this case, you can work for a few hours or maybe a few days and then, and then take a rest for a few weeks. Or maybe you can work for, for a month and then take a rest, a, a long uh, vacation, not a vacation, but a long time to, to have fun with computers for maybe a year or so. That would be the ideal position. Not eight hours every day in the office. That's a completely lousy position, which totally degrades you and leads you nowhere. I hope I told you something interesting. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.